Welcome to another episode of the Made of Dreams podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Riley. I'm a singer-songwriter who loves the creative process and talking about it with people who inspire me in the hopes of inspiring you to add a little creativity to your life and maybe find some new music to listen to along the way. Today, I'm talking with Nashville-based singer-songwriter Summerlin Powers. Her career began at 11 years old when she released the single Alabama Kinda Girl, which went on to become an anthem of sorts within her home state. The accompanying music video features musical mentor Pam Tillis. Now, a decade later, Summerlin is living in Nashville and recently graduated from Belmont University with a degree in songwriting and is set to release her five-song EP, The Hive, on October 6th. Her stories of loss, love, faith, and friendship meld the fun and the groove of the Southern rock she heard growing up in Fairhope, Alabama. So welcome, Summerlin. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to chat today. I'm really excited to get into your story and play a bit of your music. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to start talking. So first, I do like to start off with a couple questions that I ask everybody just to kind of get to know you a bit. So the first thing that comes to your mind, just throw it out there. You have to sing karaoke. What's your go-to song? This has always been a hard question for me but just off the top of my head maybe nine to five by dolly parton you know everybody loves that song yeah that's a good one i always like ones that you can get other people singing along with you for karaoke makes it more fun coffee or tea i'm a tea girl okay i'm actually drinking tea right now i usually get coffee but i was like maybe i I don't need two cups today i'll do a tea do you have a favorite kind (laughs) of tea Anything flowery, like a lavender or chamomile or honeysuckle. I love all that. Yeah, it sounds good. Okay. Is there an artist that made you want to become an artist? I think when I was a kid, my first artist that I remember really sticking out to me as being, wow, I want to be just like them was Kelly Clarkson. And it's funny because that is not at all how my music is, but I remember my babysitter putting Kelly Clarkson on in the car. And I just thought it was the coolest, most moody kind of thing. And I I just thought, wow, that is something that I'd like to do. And so I would say that was kind of my first exposure to a true artist growing up. But as a writer, maybe I think John Denver is a big inspiration for me now in the music that I love to listen to and love to write. Wow. Yeah. I love that answer. I think Kelly Clarkson could I know they said it on American Idol. She could sing the phone book. So, I mean, she definitely draws you in. But John Denver, wow. I I think I can hear that a bit. Like that influence in one of your songs I was listening to this morning, The Hive, actually. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That whole 70s folk country world is one that I'm very inspired by. Yeah, me too. Okay, let's talk about... Oh, wait, I have two more questions. Do you remember the first concert you went to? First concert I went to, gosh, I think my, I went with my friend to see, I think it was Twisted Sister before I, I even knew, or like it was either them or like a cover band, but I, I remember that music being kind of a funny first exposure (laughs) to live, to live music. 
Yeah, I loved it. totally. I love off the wall. Like when you, you hear someone's music and you're like, okay, you wonder what their first concert would be. That is totally off the wall. Okay. What is your most used emoji? Definitely the blushy hand with the blushy face with the little hands, you know, because you could yeah. just do this blush face, but the hand is just like, woohoo, it's extra cute, you know? <laughs> it is. Yes. You know, I kind of wonder, like, is that jazz <laughs> hands or is it like, what do you think? I think it's like a yay. I think it's okay. like jazz hands. That's okay. how I interpret it. Yeah. Anyway. I like it. I just saw, you know, the prayer emoji, like somebody the other day was like, what if this whole time it's been high five? And I was like, right. Oh, I changed. My, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I always like to Gotta ask because, bio. you know, emojis, whatever. All right. Well, let's talk mm-hmm. about you and your music. Let's talk a bit about your early start in music. 11 years old. That's really early to release a song. And I'm curious about when you started writing. Yeah. So I started writing when I was probably nine years old. I grew up in church and that was kind of my first exposure to singing. And I mean, I don't remember a time where I thought, okay, I want to be a songwriter. It just kind of felt like it was always there. Even from the time that I was kind of a young kid, I would obviously not write love songs. I would just write about my family and the things that I saw around me. And I loved just sitting on my windowsill and writing in my little notebook about my life as a as a kid it just felt like a natural way to express myself emotionally and still does yeah now was it at that age was it in song form always or did you write short stories as well I did write some short stories but predominantly it was it was songs it was nothing that fit into a genre just kind of whatever Mm -hmm. my thoughts were I mean I I just remember rhythm and melody feeling like an intuitive way to express my thoughts. So it it always just felt natural to say what I was feeling and kind of explore my own creativity through a song. That's really cool. So did you grow up in a musical household? Was there parents or siblings that were performing and singing or, or just something that you really took to on your own? So my mom was a singer-dancer in Branson, Missouri. She was in Mel Tillis's show when she was in her early 20s. And my dad was a guitarist and he wrote songs and all those kinds of things. Not professionally, but it was always a hobby. And my grandmother was a professional singer and went to music school and all of that. So it's definitely in my family, but I would say no one has done the the singer-songwriter recording artist, I guess, track that, that I, I have in the way that I'm doing it. So it's cool to be inspired and supported by my family and all the ways that they've expressed their creativity because the way that we all do it is a little bit different. Totally. Yeah. So let's talk about more recently. You just graduated from Belmont with a degree in songwriting. Are you loving living in Nashville? How's that transition been from Fairhope, Alabama? I loved going to Belmont University. If anybody, I mean, going out of high school, music is a passion. Belmont, in in my heart, is the place to go. I loved going there and connecting with so many other up-and-coming songwriters, but there were also opportunities to meet more seasoned songwriters who have written really, you know, Cowboy Take Me Away and Living on a Prayer and all these crazy writers coming in and speaking that I had the opportunity to meet and learn from through Belmont. Wow. Yeah. 
That's a great, great experience. Let's talk about your EP that you're getting ready to put out. It's got five songs on it. And I was reading and I listened to this morning, Healing Like I Am, which you say is the nicest breakup song ever written. And I do have to agree with that. Tell me a bit more about where that came from and why you wanted to write a song like that. Healing Like I Am was a reflection of my first ever breakup. And it wasn't the kind of breakup song where... I really hated the guy's guts. You know, I wasn't going to be, I'll slash your tires and you suck. You know, it wasn't going to be that kind of breakup song simply because the guy wasn't a bad person. It was just one of those things that didn't work out. And I think that there aren't a lot of breakup songs about that kind of breakup, but that doesn't mean just because it's not this big dramatic thing doesn't mean that it's not worthy to mourn over. And I wanted to write a song for that situation too, I think, especially because I was walking through it. And so for me, I was sitting at my piano a couple weeks after we'd broken up. And I guess that was just kind of my way of saying, I hope that you're doing all right during this time, you know, because for me, it's been hard and I've been healing and I know that for you, it's hard. And I hope that you're healing like I am. Wow. Yeah. I thought that was a really thoughtful and, and sweet song, honestly. Really good writing. Were there any songs on the EP that were more of a challenge for you to figure out what you wanted to say or how to record it and have it come out the way that you wanted? Yes. The fourth track on the album, Not in Papa's House, was a song that is very personal to me. It's about my grandmother suffering with dementia and moving out of her house into a memory care home facility. And I knew that that was, I think just because that was such a special, difficult thing that felt so personal to walk through, I wanted to make sure that I said it really concisely in a way that felt honest and also relatable. And I think, honestly, above all else, I just wanted to honor the situation. So that song took me weeks of just coming up with a guitar riff and a melody and sitting with it until it felt like it honored the situation. And that also is one song that I'm so glad I have such a raw, honest song that I get to perform while I'm on tour performing all these songs because I get to open up with The Hive or Always On My Mind, these upbeat, fun songs that connect with the audience. But when I get to be honest about the dark parts of my life and the sad things that I've walked through from the stage, that is just such a blessing as an artist because it gives you an outlet to express, hey, I'm a real person and this has been really hard for me to walk through. And at the same time, it opens up the audience's hearts in a way that connects you together because you know when you're honest about something there's a 95 percent chance that at least one other person in the crowd usually multiple people in the crowd connect with that same situation so I'm I'm very grateful for that song and that I took the time to do it right because it's one that I get to talk to people after the show and you know people will say hey I just lost my my grandparent or I've I walked through the same situation and I just want to thank you because that helped me kind of heal so it, it that means a lot to me yeah yeah 
it is it's always amazing to me but not surprising how music can really connect people and get that shared experience that song in particular I was like wow I wonder if she has a hard time performing this because I have a couple songs that sometimes I like get a little teary as I'm singing it and other times I'm fine you know so I'm like I don't know putting yourself out there in that in that honest and raw way it takes a lot of courage have you had that experience with that song or any Mm -hmm. I think it's so it's such an interesting balance to connect with the song because you kind of open Pandora's box whenever you play an emotional song right but at the Mm -hmm. same time there is a bit of a disconnect that I have to have in order to perform something like that without crying. And sometimes I'm really able to get into it and not get too emotional just because it's, you get used to the song, you know, Mm -hmm. but other times, you know, if I just had a difficult visit with her and she didn't remember that I had seen her the day before or something like that. I I think when it gets really personal is, is when it's harder to sing that song, Uh, but it just depends on the day, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. Let's talk a bit about your creative process. Do you have a process that you use to write songs or do you like to write when inspiration strikes a bit of both? How's that work for you? Well, I don't know if you do this. I keep a list of ideas in my phone all the time. And the voice memo app is my best friend. So definitely those are always things that I lean on whenever inspiration strikes. Like you say, I'll just jot it down or record something in my phone. But I do co-write quite a bit with people in Nashville and over Zoom and Skype. So I, I wouldn't say that there's a particular rhythm that I have. I just seek consistency in my creativity, no matter how that's expressed, because it might be a co-write, it might be creating a graphic for a show that I'm doing. But I think just the key is staying creative in some way. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Since you live in Nashville, were you doing a lot of co-writing before you moved there? Were you writing solo? I was doing a lot of co-writing. I was fortunate enough because my parents have been so supportive since I was so young. I don't think I would have released my first song when I was 11 if it wasn't for their support. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to travel the country and play various songwriters festivals and expos. So I got to meet songwriters who were a lot seasoned than me, uh, who were my same age and pursuing the dream, even though I lived in a small town in Alabama. So I'm really just grateful for that opportunity and for the ways that it connected me to other creative people. I will say though, the Southern Alabama music scene is more lively than you would expect. A lot of blues, a lot of folk and country in that Mobile, Fairhope, Mississippi, just the the Delta kind of area. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I I was grateful to be in, in that music scene growing up as well. There's a lot of good music to be inspired by. Wow. Yeah. It is interesting when you, like you said, you live or come from a smaller town that isn't like Music City and finding those connections where, you know, festivals and expos, they can be so valuable and just meeting other people that are doing what you're doing and taking it seriously. And yeah, that's really great. I was going to ask you about, oh, co-writing. I was going to ask you if you feel like you have songs that you want to keep for solo rights or songs that you want to co-write. Do you ever feel like you have things that you don't want to co-write or things that you're like, this idea is definitely for a co-write. 
Absolutely. And Nana and Papa's House was one of those songs, you know, because sometimes you just get an idea that's so personal or, or even just something where you, you have enough confidence to say, hey, I think I can write this whole thing on my own. And I think I just mm-hmm. want my voice to lead this. You know, the only solo songs that I have on the EP are Healing Like I Am and uh, Not in Papa's House. And I think that that probably goes back to the fact that those were both really personal both stories. Oh, yeah. That's so true when listening. Yeah. So tell me a bit about how you chose, because The Hive is the name of the EP. It's also a song on the EP. How did you choose that as the name? And is there a significance with that? The Hive was born at a late night drive through believe it or not. <laughs> I was pulling through. I don't know if you're a cookout fan or if they, if they have that in yeah. your down, but I was pulling through cookout with some friends and the car in front of us ended up paying for us. And we just thought, oh, that's so nice. Let's, you know, pass it on. And the people behind us were kind of rude um, while we were pulling through the drive-through, but we were just like, you know, let's, let's love on them. And so we, we paid for their food and it was so funny. The guy who was taking our order kind of stuck his head out the window and, and looked back in the line and he looked back and said, those people, you sure? You know? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and his response just was, man, I got to find some better friends, you know? And <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I hope you find those better friends. But I, that funny experience just left me thinking as I drove away about how not everybody has a great community, you know, not everybody has a group of people who surround you and love you and support you and will call you out when you're wrong and, you know, love <laughs> yeah. you enough to, to, to just be really good friends. And I started thinking about some of my favorite songs. One of them is Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell, going back to that country full 1970s sound and then dancing in the moonlight by king harvest and i listened to those songs and i really studied them and two common things that i noticed in those songs is that it took you to a place and a time in which you were transported to be a part of this scene or this community or whatever it was and i loved that i love how when you listen to dancing in the moonlight you know you you imagine that scene and you're there and you have that feeling. And I wanted to replicate that in a sense that invited people into the experience of community that I've had, even if they don't have that in their regular lives. The other thing that I found in those songs was that they all center around a hooky guitar riff. And mm-hmm. so, and, and so I wanted to replicate it replicate that and I came up with my own little riff for the hive so I yeah that's how I I wrote the hive and I just I love allegory and I love storytelling and so I imagine this kind of lonely vagabond man in need of community and somebody Mm -hmm. else the speaker coming up and saying hey I've got this great place for you to come it's not hard to get there not at all and here's all you got to do and it's this kind of quirky country directions in the chorus saying (laughs) you know go to the hive and follow the stream and take a right and all these kinds of things so that is how the hive was born. I love that. That was my favorite part of the song actually was the quirky directions. 
because that's how I give directions as well. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're going to see this and then you'll turn. And it's like, yeah, I've lived where I live for my whole life. And I don't know all the road names because why? Yeah. Another important thing about the hive and the reason why I chose it as the title track is because it is the core of hospitality. And that is something that I wanted to express as a major theme in the project. I just wanted people to feel like they're invited in to this place. So if you, I mean, if you really get deep into it, you could imagine that you've been invited into this uh, backwoods cabin where everybody's jamming and having a good time. And that's where you are listening to the rest of the, the project. And then it closes out with let's roll, which is kind of all right, let's keep going. Like it's time to we've done our healing. We've done our time here and had our community and sanctuary. Now, like, let's get on with our lives. We've got things to do. Um, so I guess if, if you really got into it, you could think of it that way, but the hive just means hospitality to me. And that is what I wanted the record to feel like. So that's why it's the title track, even though it's not a single. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I love that you shared that extra part of the vision, because I think that that is something that is really important in a body of work is that whole vision that you have, like, this is the hive and it's, it's the opening track, like you said, so you're inviting people in and then you take them on that journey. And I feel like with the world of singles and attention spans and things like that, we don't always get to know that unless we're really paying attention, unless we really dig in. Is this your first release that's a like a EP or a full album? I have released an EP before. It was a, a self-titled EP called Summerlin. I released it, I believe, back in 2018. Listeners are welcome to go check that out. It, I think, will be especially interesting if you listen to that first and then listen to where I am now. I think that's always so exciting to kind of see how writers and singers have have grown because it's kind yeah. of that album is or EP is kind of a hodgepodge of exploring different genres and different sounds. And even now, I I think dip my toe into a lot of different sounds, but it it feels a little bit more okay. Here's a concise story and and I guess a, a brand that I'm coming from when I'm telling yeah. these these stories and these songs. Any musicians out there who need to build a website? I highly recommend Banzoogle. I have been using them as my website host for almost 10 years now, and I just added my new podcast website to their plan as well. You can build a stunning website and store in minutes with their easy to use and fully customizable templates, and then update it from your phone, which I do all the time when I'm adding tour dates to my calendar. You can sell merch, downloads, and tickets all commission-free. They have mailing list tools and a built-in calendar. They help you connect and share from services that you already use like YouTube, Bandcamp, and of course, Facebook and Instagram. Your domain name is free as part of their service and you get detailed reports on how many visits to your website you're getting and where those visitors are coming from. Banzoogle was created by musicians for musicians. They have a couple different pricing plans to meet your needs, but if you use the link in my show notes, you can get a free 30-day trial. I think you'll love it. So head to the show notes and check out my referral link for 30 days free at banzoogle.com. Yeah, like a through line, the connecting thread or something like that. That is that is really interesting. And I think it's necessary when you're first writing and learning an instrument, whatever it is, you are kind of 
trying what you like and trying on those influences and studying other people and then mixing it all together to come out with what you want it to be. So it, it takes a little time and it's a lot of fun. Is there anything about the creative process that feels hard or challenging to you? And if so, how do you overcome that? Great question. I think oddly enough, the beginning of a good creative process, process starts with practical discipline. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I am am learning post-college because in college, you know, you have all these restrictions and I have this class at this time. And so I'll, I'll write something from this time to this time. And now I'm, I'm doing music full time. So everything is self managed and it all leans on how well I'm going to discipline myself. So I think that creativity really thrives. And something that I learned at at Belmont is it thrives within boundaries because there's so many ways, you know, if somebody says, fill in this, this square, you can fill in a square so many different ways, you know, and it's just, it almost expands your creativity because when the bounds are just endless, it's like, where do I even start? You know, so I try to, I am still learning how to, I think, give myself restrictions and boundaries for my creativity to thrive because I, I am fully independent. So everything, all, all the marketing and um, social media management and tour booking and everything is all me. So it's, it's definitely a, a difficult thing to intentionally be creative and also intentionally be a businesswoman and keep all of those plates spinning at the same time. And it's, it is humbling. It is a humbling experience because even though I am doing it alone, I really can't do it alone. And I I think Mm -hmm. that that is something I'm learning right now. Yeah. It's so true. Everything that you just said, and it made me think about time management. That's a really big piece of it. Like you kind of alluded to, it's like, sometimes I, I find for myself, that if I think I have all the time in the world, I waste so much time. And like you said, when you're in college and you're filling in the cracks and this is the time that I have to do this and this is the time, it's like you're sometimes more productive when you have less time because you have to be. And so it's something as an independent artist that there's so many different things. You could actually spend your whole day writing emails and not write a song and you could start creating content, but then get stuck on Instagram or whatnot. Do you struggle with any of that marketing, social media? Like what's your relationship like with that? I am still charting those waters. I think I'm learning how to be a more of a producer than I am a user because obviously we have to have social media in order to promote our music and all of those things, but it doesn't mean that I have to spend hours on my feed or on the explore page, sending memes Mm -hmm. to my friends, which I don't regret because I love, you know, I don't know if you ever send memes between you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you know, (laughs) that's a big part of our friendship. So I can't, you know, I, it's, it's all like figuring out what, what is a healthy relationship with social media for an artist, because it is necessary. And even now I, like the other day, I met a guy who was a singer songwriter and trying to make it in Nashville. And he told me that he didn't have social media. And I was just like, Oh, well, you know, 
I mean, honestly, if that is like your shtick and somehow you build a fan base, maybe around your, your email list or something like that, I could see that happening. But I, I just think the key maybe is that you have some kind of communication with your friends and your fans and the people that want to support you because mm-hmm. otherwise people are not going to know how to support you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a balance. And it's interesting because you can get on social media and be inspired as well, but you so can also true. waste a lot of time. Let's let's switch gears just a tiny bit and talk about what makes you feel the most creative. What makes me feel the most creative is probably hearing my peers make really great art. I'm always so inspired after a writer's night or a concert and I just want to drive home and start writing immediately. And it's not a sense of competition. I don't think, I think Mm -hmm. it's more just that, wow, I know you and you created this beautiful thing out of thin air. And that is just so amazing. I'm for me, I'm a Christian. So I look at that and I think about how I think we reflect our creator when we make things out of nothing. And that's just such a beautiful concept. And I just think a a privilege that we have as human beings is to get to create, you know? So I, I just think good art inspires good art. Yeah, totally. I also wanted to ask you about something that I read about you. It's that you are a part of the Christian Americana group, the Holy Women. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So Sammy Acola and the Holy Women is a Christian Americana band that kind of changed shapes and names and is still developing. But we recently won Belmont's Christian Showcase and played Belmont's Best of the Best Showcase. And that was kind of how the band got started. The band is so special because it is a 10-piece all-female band. And because we won the showcase at Belmont, we actually made Belmont history because a all-female band had never performed, much less won a Mm -hmm. Belmont showcase before. So it was so exciting to be a part of making music for that project and performing. And I actually co-wrote several of the songs that we performed and that Sammy is currently working on. Sammy Acola is funny enough, my roommate. So we have a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of creativity and the name Sammy Acola and the Holy Women is what she goes by when we perform with the, the ensemble. But most of the time it's, it's just her. So yeah, that's another thing to be waiting on is to see her project come out because her sound it's such a pleasure to again be inspired by your friend's art um, because I know that she loves my music and I love her music and we do very different genres and and things she's very social justice focused and is a big folk rock kind of vibey girl so I get to have so much fun as a writer to step outside of my kind of country box that I normally sit in to write anthems like Holy Woman that um, I wrote with her and Turning the Tables and these these songs that are yet to be out in the world, but just hold on because I, I believe they will be coming out sometime soon. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a pleasure to get to collaborate with one of my my dearest friends. And um, that's what that project is, is all about. Another thing that I think has helped me grow as an artist and as a writer 
is being a part of other people's bands. So yeah. with her, we performed a festival down in Florida called Moon Crush and Brandy Carlisle played, My Morning Jacket played, Camp oh, played, all awesome. these amazing bands. So it's it's so cool because you can get experiences with other friends and worlds that you might not have before as as yourself as an artist. So it's all just, yeah. you know, growth towards the music that you want to create, you know? Totally. Very cool. This podcast is, I want to showcase artists and their music and a lot of independent music, but I also want to inspire other people to create art themselves. And so I wanted to ask if you had any advice for people who are just starting out, who might feel a little bit nervous about writing a song or singing somewhere. Any thoughts on what you would say to someone in that situation? I would say, number one, don't be afraid to throw spaghetti on the wall. You know, just see what sticks, see what you enjoy. If your idea of being creative is sitting in your room and coming up with words that you're trying to make rhyme and you just create a song that maybe doesn't feel like this is the best song ever. But I I think that as long as you can create something that you feel proud that you made, that is going to spur you to create other things as well so that's the first thing is just try just try and don't don't be afraid of it because it doesn't have to be perfect just step into it create a song create whatever it is that you want to create um, and that is enough I think the second thing I would say is find community you know find other people who are like-minded if there aren't people in, in your town then do some research see if you can take a day trip and go, you know, go to a a writer's round and see if you can talk to one of the writers and just say, Hey, I I loved your music. Where else can I find it? I wouldn't necessarily recommend asking for a co-write right when you meet someone. I think that that is a mistake that um, a lot of people can, can make when they're starting off in, in Mm -hmm. uh, the writing world. But I would say just find people who are like-minded and who are also creative because you can probably teach them something and they can probably teach you something. Yeah, that's really good advice. So what is the best part of what you do? I think the best part of what I do is that I get to connect with other people in a really intimate way, even if I never meet them. I think being able to help someone heal from a breakup or, you know, inspire them to go do the thing that they're afraid of because they know they're not alone anymore. I I just want to bless people and encourage them. And I think that music is such, especially now in the digital age, is such a cool way to do that. And that's why live shows to me are also so cool is because I can meet those people and talk with them and hear those stories about, you know, something that I created sparking a positive thing in someone else's life. So I I definitely just think the best part about doing music is getting to positively affect other people's lives, whether I ever get to know it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So what is next for you with your EP? It's coming out very soon, October 6th. And are you touring in support of that? Or what do you got? What do you got going on? Yes, I will be doing a The Hive tour. And those dates will be dropping soon. The tour 
tour will be from late September to early November. And a couple of those will be full band shows. If you're in the Nashville area, come check out my uh, EP release show October 6th at the basement. And I also have a couple of other full band shows in Alabama in early November. So you'll just have to go to my website to check those out. But yeah, I'll be playing through The Hive, some old songs, some new ones, some covers. It's a really fun dynamic show with a lot of storytelling and personal connection. So if you have any interest in, in traveling to come see me or if I'm playing a show where you are I would love to see you and I would love to meet you awesome well tell tell me where to find you online what's the best place where do you like to hang out I love to hang out on Instagram so if you just want to find me at Summerlin Powers on Instagram I also have a Facebook and my TikTok Summerlin underscore powers I'm making little funny videos on there sometimes. So I'd, I'd love to connect there. And my website, summerlinpowers.com is a great place to check out all my tour dates. And I love to connect with people through my newsletter. I have a newsletter called Summerlin's Cottage. Going back to the hospitality thing, it's a come on in, you know, and we have a, a fun little, little section called Tea Time where I spill the tea on what's been going on and all kinds of stuff. So you can sign up for my newsletter through my website. That's awesome. Well, is there anything that you'd like to share that I didn't ask you about? I don't think there's anything else. I'm just so grateful to be here, Ashley. Thanks so much for having me and for taking the time to listen to my music. And um, yeah. I hope that you've enjoyed it. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. So thank yeah, you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much. And good luck with the hive. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Made of Dreams. If you're enjoying the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review. It really does help. If you'd like to learn more about me or the guests on the show, head on over to madeofdreamspodcast.com. And while you're there, sign up for the Dreamer's Digest and you will receive my creative state worksheet. It's a list of my favorite tips and tricks to get you in a creative mindset. And now, the latest single from Summerlin Powers, Let's Roll. Well, I went down to the river, thought the current would be still, but the water pulled me under, took me straight down to the mill. I thought I heard a bullfrog, but it was a heavenly voice saying, listen Said I found the rock Now let's roll Spent most of my life just roaming around Trying to find a single piece of solid ground Found the rock Now let's roll Since then I've been walking Near beside him for some time Now I'm telling everybody singing I grabbed a
I said I found the rock. Mm, now let's roll.